Hello and welcome to the WrestleWolf podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gibson. Uh, it's good to be back. I uh, had a month off. Um, there was uh, <clears throat> there's been a few changes uh, as far as my thought process of what the podcast should be going forward um and uh, kind of there are a couple of things going on one what what is the kind of podcast that i would want to hear and um uh yeah and, and was the previous previous format something that i was enjoying doing you know i doing the the podcast with matt and uh paul previously you know they're two really close friends of mine and i you know enjoy talking to them about uh, wrestling or like really do I just found the format of sort of we tried everything we possibly could about um, going through the individual shows um, I just started to find that really wearing uh, and repetitive um, so we sort of shut down shop for a month I just said to Paul I, I didn't want to do it that way anymore Um and uh, I, to be honest, I wasn't sure whether I was going to come back and, and do the podcast. Um, and then I was sort of flirting around about, not flirting around, but sort of jumping all over the place. Um, and, you know, I'll get to some points later on in the podcast about AEW, but um, I'm not enjoying AEW as much as I did even six months ago. Um, I think it's been a sort of gradual decline and it's still very good when it's very good um there's just a lot at the moment that is frustrating me about the show and the and the shows um and again we'll get to that in in a minute so but i i just didn't want to i found once paul and i had sort of st- stepped back and took a, a brief hiatus that i was watching everything and we we kind of always posited that we would talk about uh, you know, like our, our sort of byline is your home for alternative wrestling, meaning, you know, we would talk about everything that wasn't WWE. Paul and uh, Sir Kayfabe uh, aren't really in a position to watch anything other than AEW. And I just sort of, there was a part of me that didn't want to get involved in that tribalism, um, even though I think AEW is, is the better promotion from a, for numerous reasons compared to WWE, but I was just, you know, I'd like got off Twitter. Uh, I really wasn't engaging in wrestling Twitter anymore. And, and when I did, it was really, um, really, uh, making me anxious and angry and upset and unhappy. And, uh, and then I was finding that that was, changing my enjoyment of wrestling full stop um so then i thought you know well maybe we can turn the podcast into a new japan podcast because i signed up to a subscription for the new japan network really enjoyed what i was watching um really really enjoy what i'm watching like sort of you know you know when you like watching a a new tv show and you can't stop thinking about it like uh, Welcome to Wrexham at the moment is that TV show for me where I, I I'd stopped binging TV shows like a year and a half, two years ago because I just found the 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 practice a bit unhealthy. Um, you know, I tended to end up watching 
less the more I binged. But I kept thinking about New Japan. It's like, oh, tonight I'm going to watch New Japan. Uh, even though it's very painful to, if you've got Google products, if you've got anything other than a Fire Stick, and who the hell has an Amazon Fire Stick? It's such a pain in the ass to watch New Japan. <laughs> um, anyway, first world problems. Uh, so then I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe we'll do New Japan. And then I sort of flirted with doing different shows each week, like an Impact show, AEW show, New Japan show. But that the, the amount of production that was going into that was just too much and, and burnt me out. Um, so then I kind of came to the conclusion of like, I don't know if podcasting is for me or for us or if anyone is really listening, even though we kind of know that there are definitely people listening and we really appreciate you doing that. Um, you know, that you, you sort of you have these sulky moments where you think, oh, would anyone miss me? And, and, uh, and then the other day I was actually looking for a wrestling podcast and came across a couple where they're just dudes screaming into a microphone. And I thought there probably needs to be an antidote to that of, uh, and I know Simon Miller exists, but somewhere probably in between the screaming guys like JYD from NYC and Simon is a very nice guy, uh, somewhere in the middle, you know, and I think I can... I think I can fill that role. Um, and I just can't help myself. Like when I watch wrestling, I have opinions and I I need to get them out there. And the guys at uh, Biggest Gun Podcast Network have been really good to allow us to give us some time to work out what we're going to do next. Um, but I also owe them, um, you know, I owe them uh, to, re- you know, I need to repay their trust in, in, in signing us in the first place. So, uh, this will be the new format moving forward. It'll just be me, very lean, one-man operation, ranting and raving about the things that uh, impressed me or I really liked or I really fucking hated uh, throughout the week. And uh, if the podcast goes for 10 minutes, so be it. And if it goes for an hour and a half, so be it. It won't go for an hour and a half. Uh, but, you know, uh, so I'm kind of excited. I'm excited to start afresh. Um, you know, it's always a bit sad. It is sad when you um, stop doing something with someone else. But for me personally, this is the right move. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, now, in the old format, we were kind of being very... Um, uh, political and not really talking about <clears throat> the punk and elite situation and uh, who was wrong and who was right and what we thought and uh, and uh, that wasn't necessarily my directive and um, there was a lot of things I wanted to talk about and I know it's like a couple of months old now but I, I do want to bring it up because I think um, – it's probably a good time to revisit it all really quickly. Just have a look at um, who, ha- <laughs> what's going on here, how I feel about it. And, you know, like I know there are almost every single person on, on Twitter now is completely dismisses, dismissive of the theory of this being a work. Um. But I just want to posit a few ideas about 
why it might be a work. One, we haven't heard from Sam Punk or the Elite at all. I think Kenny did one interview at a video games conference like two or three weeks after it happened. There was no physical evidence of him being in a fight at all. I mean, may have been hidden, may have, uh, you know, I mean, I know there's a little mark on his arm, but that could be anything. Um, and I mean, I know that uh, all I would say, look, here's a few letters that, that might back up my argument. M, J, F. You know, remember, I mean, five months ago now, um, we were all convinced that MJF was uh, arguing with Tony Khan, was on the verge of leaving AEW, was going to go to WWE, um, and then he <laughs> disappeared off the face of the planet. And in that time frame, uh, because I saw a girl on Twitter who had taken photos with MJF and told the story that she had seen him at a water park about six weeks after the fire me, Tony, bit, which obviously was kayfabe. But there were plenty of people in the media who were talking about like, oh, no, but like they, they've they've turned a shoot into a, into a work for TV for one week, but he really is unhappy and he really is leaving and blah, 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 blah. And uh, and then anyway, so Tony uh, MJF ran into this girl at a water park, took a photo with her, but he said, "I'll take a photo with you as long as you promise not to upload it onto socials until um, uh, all out." You know, once I, I'm I'm going to return it all out. Don't tell anybody. Don't post this photo, and I'll I'll take the photo with you. I'll sign whenever you want. Just, you know, if you're a fan, just hold your tongue for four or five weeks and, and then we'll be all cool, which she did. She held up her end of the bargain. But that little anecdote tells me that that whole thing was planned. They knew exactly what was happening. They knew what they were doing. Was there Had, had there been uh, disagreements between Tony and MJF about <coughs> contracts or negotiations about contracts? Yeah, most likely. But- I think you've got, you know, and I keep saying this, this whole wrestling organization uh, really, you know, people talk about the Meltzer bet and stuff, but really it exists on the back of the success of the, the Young Bucks YouTube channel. And they're very smart at using social media algorithms to get attention. Now, uh I, I'm not a hundred. I'm not even a hundred percent convinced myself that it's that it is a work. But it just it seems ridiculous to me that the exact same thing that was happening with MJF that there was this big blow up, then nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> nothing at all. Um, and now the same thing is happening with Punk and the Elite. Um, I think there's a really, really, really strong chance that either Kenny and the Bucks or CM Punk or even both will show up at full gear. And I think at that stage, if that does happen, at that stage we have to, as an industry, whether you're a fan or a professional neckbeard like myself, 
uh, have to turn around and start saying to Tony, okay, enough is enough, man. Enough. You know, we've got to stop turning these shoots into works uh, or works into shoots, sorry. Um, and also, like, you can't tell me that in the most vlogged promotion on earth that no one has any physical evidence of a fight between CM Punk and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. You just can't tell me that. And if this was such a blood feud, you can't tell me that none of these guys are talking to anyone else. Right? It's just not human nature. It's just not. Like, if the Bucks thought that they were being hard done by, they'd be telling people. If Punk thought he was being hard done by, he'd be telling people. I mean... You think about the people who are involved in this. Not Kenny so much because he tends to sort of keep to himself a bit. But Matt and Nick and Phil Brooks are people who keep their mouths shut. You know, so unless they all sign, unless Tony forced them to sign NDAs about this fight and any legal proceedings that happened afterwards, um, I I just can't see that there wasn't there hasn't been any information getting out about anything, and the rumours that I am hearing is that that Punk has a has an office job as well as the Bucks, and that they have been seen in and around AEW offices. So I just let's just watch this space, man. But I'm not so quick to. If, if it look, I'll say this: if it is real, Punk's um, complete disregard for what was the right way to go about ver- uh, airing his grievances was really h- hard to watch, and <clears throat> probably had an effect on me and my fandom of AEW uh, in a much bigger way than I was even prepared to admit to myself at the time. Um, it was. Uh, you know that that's this is uh, I'm just putting you know I'm just putting the other side of the argument out. If he uh, if that was legit, if that was real, um, it, it's you can't you couldn't call that or him anything other than petulant, childish, um, yeah. Just thinking that you were the Michael Jordan of the company and and almost sinking the company in a single press conference. You know, it was embarrassing. Like, well, we did talk about this uh, with Paul where it was embarrassing to be an AEW fan. Probably still is a little bit. We're still, I think you're still seeing a company that's rallying from that if, if it was real. And I suppose that would be the counter argument to me is like, why would Tony Khan do this on purpose? What what business sense does it make? Well, you know, I, I think the answer to that would be that it's brand recognition, right? It gets reported in the papers it, it, it because it's just about getting AEW's name out there. They're all big UFC fans. This shit happens in UFC all the time. You know, they're trying to blur the lines between reality and kayfabe because they know that's where the best stories exist. So if you 
launch, you know, maybe the idea was that we've got to do this promo in the press conference because it'll be the press conference and subsequent fight that launches a thousand stories. And we'll have to take the the small the the short term hit for the long term gain. Maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe I'm over egging the pudding. But uh, I can't help but think that there's something else going on here. I just don't see. I just don't see Punk being that unprofessional. Um, you know, and and there's just been zero evidence that this fight happened. So, uh, look, I'm sure <laughs> the elite will probably show up on Dynamite this week, uh, make me look like a complete fucking idiot, and I'll come back on here next week and, and say as much. But I I just don't... After a few weeks, I pulled back a bit. I just was like, I'm not going to go hard at anyone involved in this because... Um, Yeah, it just doesn't, I don't know, there's just something that doesn't sit quite right there. Um, what also, something else that doesn't sit quite right with me, and I know this is going to be completely co- contradictory to everything I've just said over the last 10 minutes or so, is Hangman Page, how does Adam, let's let's say, dear listener, that for argument's sake, all of this is real, every single one of it, that CM Punk lost his fucking mind, walked into that uh, press conference, um, spoke, just <laughs> was, you know, made Triple H look absolutely correct about everything he'd ever said about CM Punk. And, uh, and then the elite are stupid enough to come down and start a fight with... You know, not a very good UFC fighter, but someone who had fought in the UFC. Let's say that all of that's correct. How is Hangman Adam Page not getting any repercussions here? You know, because you must have said some pretty wrong things to get CM Punk that worked up. If that, if that, if everything that he was talking about at that press conference, the all-out press conference was correct about Colt Cabana and the amount of shit that he had to go through with Colt and the Colt shared a bank account with his mum and was constantly trying to get money off Punk. And if all of that is true, and most people who, who live and work behind the scenes of wrestling would probably know these stories, why is Hangman Adam Page... Like, I get that they were in the Dark Order together. They're probably buds. But Punk's out, you know, Paige is there kicking up shit with Sam Punk, knowing that it's going to piss him off. And then his mates go and stick up for him. Like, Paige isn't even there. Which that, to me, seems bad as well. You know, maybe, maybe the Bucks and Kenny go off and do this without Hangman's say-so, but... Even that seems like, well, we can't take him, man, because he can't handle himself. And then, you know, like the week after he wins the golden ticket battle royale for a shot at John Moxley. <clears throat> um, that didn't seem right and, and is getting pushed again, you know, into the main event. Uh, I... Will probably be discarded with by Mox in the next week or two, but still, just felt tone deaf 
as far from a leadership point of view, you know, let's say that all of this is real and that Tony Khan has had to send four of his best wrestlers home because they're not adult enough to be able to have a discussion with each other. Surely the guy who started all of this shit also needs to be wrapped over the knuckles and be taught that this is not how you do business. You don't go into business for yourself and piss off the top star in the company. <clears throat> you know? Uh, and I know when I've put that out there on Twitter, I've got a lot of support. So, you know, again, I think that the theme of this episode is going to be that Tony seems to be, and he'll have a lot on his plate right now, but he seems completely oblivious to how things look, what kind of levers need to be pulled as far as good leadership are concerned. <clears throat> and I would say that Hangman Page is someone who shouldn't be on TV right now if if all of this stuff is correct. If everything that's been reported by Alvarez and Meltzer is correct, Hangman Page shouldn't be on TV, let alone being pushed into the main event. There's someone else who shouldn't be on TV either is Sammy Guevara. During the week, uh, there were reports that he got smacked in the head again backstage by Andrade this time, uh, having been knocked out by Eddie Kingston three, four weeks ago backstage for being a mouthy little prick. And again, you know, it got the report came out that oh, this is all Andrade's fault and Andrade just wanted to get released to WWE and this was his way of doing it. Um. Andrade's been in wrestling long enough to know that he, that would be the worst possible way for him to get Tony to do what he wanted. Um, and also, someone else had hit Sammy four weeks ago and they didn't get fired. So why would Andrade do that? You know, like it, it just none of it makes any sense. If it, to me, it feels like... Uh, Andrade said something, Sammy opened his big mouth and again wrote a check that his ass couldn't cash and he paid for it because, you know, as much as Jim Cornette likes to talk about modern day wrestlers or The Undertaker talk about modern day wrestlers about you know being a bunch of Zoomers who are too busy on TikTok to know how to fight, well, they all seem to know how to throw a punch <laughs> at the moment in AEW. Uh Again, you can't, if you know that someone has caught, like the person who retaliates obviously needs to be punished. You can't be going around a workplace throwing hands. You just can't. But if there is someone who is systemically <laughs> causing these problems, and, and don't forget about what Sammy Guevara said about Sasha Banks as well, right, which made AEW look like a fucking B-grade organization. You just at some point you have to say, okay, Sammy, uh, get in the bin. Get in the bin for three months. Fuck off. You know, I know there's a personal relationship for, between Tony and Sammy. Tony was at Sammy's wedding, Sammy and Tay's wedding. Cool. Um, you know, if you're not capable of being able to make decisions around your friends, then the company is going to go bust. It'll go bust in five years. It's what happened at WCW, and I'm seeing that right now in AEW. Like, all these stories, having read uh, 
at least half a dozen books on the death of WCW, I, I could just see the same patterns happening here. Now, I know people would be quick to jump to ratings figures and a million dollar gates and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how the company is being led and handled. And it, you've almost got an inverted Eric Bischoff at the helm in Tony Khan. You've got a guy who seems relatively confident in his own abilities, but um, wants to be all of the wrestler's friend. And I think that's proving to be difficult. Um, and having read quite a bit of history involving Vince McMahon, I think this was something that Vince had a problem with very early on and then made the decision to turn into one of the most atrocious human beings of all time, <laughs> but was a disciplinarian, not too many people straight out of line in WWE. Now, I'm not saying Tony Khan has to become Vince McMahon, but he does need to start laying down the law, especially to some of these young guys who everybody from the outside can see what the problems are, that you've got cocky young dudes who think they can get away with anything and, and not getting punished for it. So, you know, even when I just told my girlfriend, Kelly, briefly what the story was about Sammy and, and Andrade this week and told her about the history with Eddie Kingston. She was like, oh, well, that's a great precedent to be setting. And this is a person who has no skin in the game. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. I'm getting on the bills this season. I don't know that much about Gridiron or NFL because this is a wrestling podcast, but I know I like the bills and I know they're winning. So I'm going to be putting some money on them in the next couple of games. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you compound all of that with the recent booking, uh, which I've been writing about on our blog, and I'll put the exact address uh, in the show notes, but... Um, or well, in my blog, sorry. Um, the I think um, and the Rampage and Battle of the Belt reviews will be up by tonight. But uh, just to give you a hint on what my opinions were of those shows is that the 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 guys and girls are busting a gut in the matches and doing really good work. You know, to the point where I might be close to you know. Like the Trent, uh, Trent and Park uh, match on Battle of Belts. So that's probably a 4.5, uh, 4.5 or 4.25 star match. And I knocked like half a star off it because of the booking, because of this screwy finish 
WWE booking where uh, there's no clean finishes. Um, you know, there's one bad guy who's always helping out another bad guy to cheat to win. Um, and I, I just don't want to see that. And it's just happening in match after match after match. The run-ins, the beatdowns, it, it, you know, I've always sort of joked about it coming across a bit sort of high school play uh, in in the way that it's booked and the way that it's performed, but it's at epidemic levels at the moment. Epidemic levels. Uh, I just, even outside of like, well, I don't think that wrestler should have been booked that way, or I think this wrestler should have been put over because they've got momentum or whatever, or, or I just like them personally. When was the last story? What was the last storyline in AEW that really resonated? I think the only one that's going really well at the moment is Christian and, and Jungle Boy, but that's a hangover to pre All Out. The what, what's the storyline in the title picture at the moment? MJF sort of floating around, but he's also uh, feuding with with Yuta, which is fine. You can feud with more than one person at once. That that's cool. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. But what's the story between Moxley and MJF? It's the like MJF just sort of floating around in the background while Hangman and Mox. Uh, like there's no, there is absolutely no story between Hangman and Mux. Um, Wardlow, what's Wardlow's story at the moment? Is he, he's in a like pseudo tag team with Samoa Joe? Why? Uh, the there is a long running story between Daniel Garcia, Brian Danielson, and Chris Jericho. The story hasn't been strong enough to go for as long as it has. And even they kind of like resolved it this week by Garcia coming out with with Brian Danielson and and not being part of the Jericho Appreciation Society, but didn't really make a big deal out of that after building up the story for months. So I, I just... And then, you know, made even less of a deal about it from a booking standpoint because fucking Sammy Guevara, who I just was pointing out before shouldn't even be on TV, is getting clean finishes in the main event of Dynamite against Daniel Garcia, who you've been telling a story with for months. And yes, it could be part of a bigger picture. Yes, he probably goes over at full gear against Sammy Guevara. But... I don't care <laughs> about that. Like, it's gotten to the point now where I, I don't care about this story. I want everyone to move on to something else. I don't want Brian Danielson in the Ring of Honor title picture. I want Brian Danielson in the AEW heavyweight title picture. And putting the Ring of Honor belt on Chris Jericho and essentially having two belts at the same time... I know WWE do it. I don't think WWE should have two heavyweight belts. And you've seen that like towards the end of Vince's run and in Hunter's run in WWE, he has both, but Roman, he being Roman Reigns has both belts anyway. And that it's only a matter of time before they unify those two belts. Um, because, you know, you make the intercontinental belt, more important and you put that on smackdown or raw whichever one you want to do but uh there are just so many belts um 
And I, I just, I can't help but feel that the booking is contributing to lower house numbers. We're at about 85% of tickets being sold at the moment. The venue last week uh, in Philadelphia, uh, no, in Washington, sorry, uh, was only 3,000. It was only a 3,000 seater. And the arena the week before, which was in Philly, was 5,000. Um, you know, I mean, they're not bad houses. Like, they're, they're good audiences, 3,000, 5,000. But it's not where they were 12 months ago. And, um, you know, pointing to TV ratings and, and million-dollar gates is all well and good, but when people aren't showing up and, and buying all of the tickets, that's a bad sign because when that started happening towards the end of 98, beginning of 99 in WCW, you know, it, it was kind of shrugged off at the time as well. Like, oh, yeah, ratings are down slightly, but, you know, they're still they still sold 9,000 tickets out of 12,000. That's not bad. Well, you need to be better than not bad, especially if you're competing against the WWE and having watched uh, or even New Japan. I mean, I know they're kind of partners with New Japan, but New Japan is always putting on a solid show. Whatever you watch of theirs, it's always in ring is always going to be really, really, really good. WWE are always going to give you a spectacle, even if the wrestling is not great or you hate them or whatever the case may be, you're definitely going to get that spectacle in WWE, you know, the giant Triton ton, uh, ton, Trons and, and the the slow entrances and the theme songs and the big, you know, Logan Paul and all that kind of stuff. You, you're going to get that from WWE. So AEW was the place where you got great stories, you know, um, and that's not happening at the moment. It feels like there's a lot of second guessing going on and, uh, you know, trying to hide behind the term long-term booking but not actually seeing any of that. So, I don't know. Uh, I think we started to see a slight turnaround this week on Dynamite. Uh, Rampage dropped back to, to the same bad habits that Tony's gotten into in the last few months and Battle of the Belts. Jesus Christ, I mean, j just atrocious. Just atrocious booking. Jay Cargill is a bomb, has been for months now. No one cares about her. Her coming out and yelling at the camera about what people are saying on Twitter isn't going to change the fact that people think that and are saying that on Twitter. Um, this sort of prevailing... Uh, emperor's new clothes attitude <laughs> towards social media of like oh well it's only a few uh loud voices saying that i'll give you a hot tip if if there's people on twitter saying that there's probably a fair few other people who think the same thing um anyway i mentioned new japan uh previously um they're, they have uh, some uh, autumn shows coming up uh, that start today. So I'm going to try and uh, write some blog posts about that um, over the next coming week. I think there's a weekly event starting from today. It's like Autumn Ambush or something like that. I can't remember the exact name of it off the top of my head. Um, but uh, I'm still pretty new to New Japan. So all the, all the names and stuff are... 
it, they will stick in my brain eventually. After my old cheesecake brain eventually. Um, impact. I should probably talk about impact uh, briefly. I haven't been watching it recently. I've, I just sort of got to a point where I was like, this feels, it really is starting to feel second rate. Um, you know, there are some really good competitors on there. There's some people that I, that I like. I like Josh Alexander. Um, I like Scott Demore. I think Scott Demore is a really good on air talent and does pretty good booking for the, with the limited resources that he has. But, um, as far as doing weekly blog posts is concerned, I, I can't see myself doing that with impact for the foreseeable future. It's just too much work for not enough reward. And um, I, I am not enjoying it at the moment as well. So um, sorry to all the impact people out there, but uh, I will talk about it. If I watch something um, during the week and I see something good, then I'll, I'll talk about it on the podcast. Um, I'll do the pay-per-views. So I'll do Bound for Glory, which just happened. Try and get that up during the week. Um, but yeah, as far as the weekly shows are concerned, I, you know, um, just can't do it. Can't do it. So Bobby Fish showed up in Impact as well, and got booed, and got CM Punk chants. So it was nice to see that uh, there's still a proportion of people out there who are into CM Punk, uh, even though his that promo, if it was real, uh, or that press conference, if it was real, was was really bad. Um. And the other thing I want to announce as well is that uh, I may do some WWE content as well. Um, you know, I, I have given their shows a bit of a chance since Hunter has come back. So I just wanted to check out the booking. I've been hearing so much about how great the shows are since Hunter has come back. Um I had to sort of check it out for myself. I watched Raw last week all the way through for the first time in four years, maybe. Um, and watched two-thirds of SmackDown this week. There's some there is some I can you can tell that there's someone who cares about the product back in charge. There's someone who's vibrantly taking an interest in the careers of the people that he looks after. And that that's cool. Seeing Dakota Kai getting booked well, Bailey being booked well, Sami Zayn being used in the bloodline. Um, oh, there are a few others. Finn Balor was being booked well. AJ Styles in the feud with Finn Balor, which great. Uh, Edge is being made to look like this sort of old man Logan character, which I like. Um I, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard that Bray Wyatt showed up at Extreme Rules and I love Bray Wyatt. So, I mean, legitimately, he is a guy who will get me to watch WWE TV. Um, and I would have absolutely have loved him to be in AEW. So, I, am I going to be a rusted on fan watching WWE every week? No. Um, will I publish blog posts about Raw and SmackDown? No. Nah. Uh, but I'll probably do the pay-per-views and, uh, you know, if I've watched little segments and stuff, I'll I'll talk about it on the podcast because I, I just don't want to be stuck in this. Um, I just don't want to be stuck in this culture war anymore uh, between WWE and AEW. And I think the more that you propagate it, the worse it will get. 
Um, so it, let's call it reaching across the aisle a little bit. Uh, you know, me and my dirty left wing tendencies and AEW woke fanboy reaching across the aisle uh, to my WWE brethren to talk about them a little bit. Although, <laughs> notice Paul Heyman uh, in his promo on SmackDown this week uh, mentioned four of the most vile right-wing commentators. And c- I couldn't quite tell whether he was comparing Logan Paul to these guys and saying that he was the same scum and villainy as... Uh, as the people that he was mentioning or whether they were just the last three people he'd listened to in his car before getting to the arena. <laughs> they were the first three that came to mind. I don't know about Paul. I don't know. Uh, I feel like if CM Punk is a mate of Paul's, then maybe they've got similar politics, but uh, who knows, man? Logan Paul, by the way, not bad. <laughs> Like, not bad. Was okay on the mic. Saw some of his in-ring work for a celebrity. Not bad. Uh, But anyway, you you can already tell that Hunter is uh, pushing his people. Johnny Gagano being back on the show and getting getting some TV time is great. People that I really loved watching on NXT getting the the call-up to the majors that they all deserved. Like... uh, uh, Tommaso Champ is not Miz's little manservant anymore. I mean, the major one for me that I loved um, was Pete Dunne. Uh, I think if we could get Pete Dunne's name back and have him become the best technical wrestler in the world again, that would be great. Although he's not really going to do his best in-ring work in WWE. They just don't let the guys wrestle that way. They just don't. Um But anyway, so I think that's everything that needed to be cleared up. And I've talked for 40 minutes, which is fucking insane. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, coming back and listening to this episode. This will be happening um, every Monday. So every Monday we'll be dropping the new episode, uh, which allows um, for the week to have happened. And we'll talk about the week coming up as well. So anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, enjoy your week of wrestling and um, we'll see you next week on WrestleWolf. Wolf